I love this time of the week. It is time for LifeWords Q&A, a chance where we can discuss life and faith and how it intersects. It's just a fascinating time with David Ray. So welcome to LifeWords Q&A for this week. We've got three questions to get through. We're going to be looking at um, when we go through hard times, is it God teaching me a lesson? Or is he punishing me for something? We're going to look at church and inviting friends to church, even when I don't like the church that I attend. But first, David, should a Christian woman put up with abuse from her partner for the sake of trying to witness to him? Now, I'm surprised that a person would ask this question, but obviously, you know, there are lots of contention and confusing thoughts and stuff going through. So, David, is that a valid question? It's a, it's a very live issue for many people, um, and uh, some some for example, some Christian women might think, well, uh, such as the sanctity of marriage and such as the importance and significance of marriage, uh, I must put up with this. Or some of them, sadly, because I think they do misunderstand what the Bible means by submission, think that submission means I've got to put up with anything that my husband does, when in fact uh, that's actually, I think, uh, not quite what submission will um, normally mean. Look, so look, the short answer is I don't think a Christian woman, or any woman for that matter, should put up with abuse for her from her partner, whether it's for the sake of trying to witness or a misunderstanding of submission or whatever. But but let me caution you. I mean, I mean caution anyone listening. Um, uh, that we've got to understand what abuse might be here. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking here, for example, of ongoing abuse, physical abuse, mental, emotional abuse, ongoing um, abusive behaviour. We're not talking about the occasional outburst, the occasional difficult passage, which all marriages go through. I think in the what we might call the normal everyday difficulties of marriage, Christian women, Christian men need to put up with the shortcomings of their partner. And as such, it is a witness to the gracious, patient love of God. But when it comes to um, some woman being given black eyes regularly and and uh, some woman or man, for that matter, being put down by their partner in such a bullying, horrible way that they've lost all self-respect and self-esteem, uh, I would say that that person uh, needs to get out of that marriage, uh, at least for a while. Well, let's let's talk about the the issue of submission. So, men, we know that men and husbands are called to love their wives. What does the the whole issue, uh, the biblical issue of submission? What are we looking at there? What does that mean? Oh, look, that that's a that's been variously understood by various Christians. Um, but submission fundamentally is about uh, acknowledging that someone has a greater claim on your life than you have on your own life. It's it's a bit like Paul says in Philippians, count others' interests above your own. And as such, it's an invitation to not just live for myself egocentrically, it's an invitation to consider my partner's interests. But as I said, to, 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 to uh, use submission as a, as, a, as a reason or excuse for just putting up with uh, violent abuse uh, is um, not, right, not, not right at all. Because, you see, we, we are valuable human beings um, and, and such abuse is dehumanising. And I think the person in this case has got every right to say, I will not put up with this. Let's see if we can change this behaviour. And if we can't, to say, I'm out of here. And that person might say, but I've broken the marriage. Well, no, the marriage has already been broken by that person's repeated refusal to um, be faithful to the vows which they once made. 
So submission is, yes, considering that other person's best interest. My point would be, I don't know whether it's in that other person's interest, the abusive person's interest, to simply be a doormat. Because sometimes you've got to practice what we call tough love. You've got to say, I'm not going to put up with this anymore and I'm out of here unless this behaviour changes. Because just to put up and tolerate with the behaviour may not be loving at all because basically just inviting the person to go on with the wrong behaviour. I think uh, the Boundaries book, which is very popular in Christian um, literature, uh, teaches uh, a lot of tough love lessons, doesn't it, about creating boundaries for yourself to protect yourself in 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 relationships. Oh, that oh that that that, that that's absolutely right. Um, we 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 have got our rights. I mean, you can you can overdo the issue of rights. I know that, but we we've, we've we've got our rights, and we've got a right to be able to say, I am not going to put up with that sort of rubbish from you. Now, again, we've got to differentiate between the occasional loss of temper, the occasional careless word that's been spoken. We've got to be able to put up with that. But when it comes to ongoing abuse. I think the person's got to get out of that relationship and maybe through counselling and help and prayer it can be resolved, but sometimes, sadly, um, it's not. And to think that I am going to be abused physically, emotionally, whatever it is, in an ongoing, serious way and thus be a witness, I don't think it's much of a witness at all. It may be a better witness to stand aside and say, I have my dignity before God. I'm not going to have that dignity abused by you or by anybody. And that may well be a wake-up call to that uh, abusive person. So submission, all to do with making sure that you're looking after the other person's interests. My question is, copying abuse, is that really looking after the other person's interests or are we confusing submission with uh, mere servitude or slavery? You're listening to LifeWords Q&A with David Ray. If you've got a question, please email us, lifewords at hopemedia.com.au. Great to have you with us. Hope you're enjoying uh, and finding uh, our discussions each week uh, fascinating and helpful. Our second question, David, is our minister is always, in, uh, is always urging us to invite people to church, but I don't think my friends would like our church much. I don't even like it that much myself. What do I do? Yeah, that's a bit of a problem. Look, speaking as a minister of a church, um, I, I can see why ministers want to urge people to come to church. You want to have more people in church, and that, that's that's very uh, legitimate. But we can be overdoing it. Matter of fact, I, I would have a bit of a problem in any church where the person up front, whoever it is, is always putting pressure on people to invite people to church. I'd think, well, hang on, if it's any sort of a church, if people are any sort of enthused or passionate about their church, uh, that sort of thing might come a bit more naturally. Sure, to have the occasional exhortation, fine, but I, I do know of people actually in some churches who, who are sort of hit over the head by this sort of thing regularly by their pastors, uh, that you must be inviting people to church. You must, you must, you must. And, and that simply induces a whole lot of guilt. But, of course, this person who's asking this question has got another big problem too, as we can see, that not only I think it might be the minister be sort of over, perhaps overstating things and overdoing things, um, but this person doesn't like their church much. That's a bit of a worry. <laughs> but um, And, and I, I, not knowing the person, I'd, I'd have to say, well, is this fairly trivial? Um, is this person just a picky, a picky sort of person who, who, who's just taking offence at things that they shouldn't take offence at? Or should that person actually be in another church? I mean, of course, yes. How on earth are you going to invite someone to something that you're not committed to yourself? I guess it's a, it's either you change your attitude and try and be a positive influence and, and, and look differently at the, the way you see your church. Or, yeah, if you feel like you've grown out of it, 
time maybe to move on. Yeah, sometimes it is. I mean, as a pastor, I know if, if I think if people are deeply discontent with the church and they've, that it's not just a trivial thing, the best thing they can do is to leave because because they can be productive somewhere else and they're not going to be all that productive or helpful uh, where they are. You see, if our relationship with our church is, is, is stale, if our relationship with God is cold, then it's very hard to be a witness. You see, I think the first priority of a minister in this particular case, and I'm not judging that particular church as pastor at all, I don't know his situation, but my first priority as a pastor would not to urge people to get more people to come to church, but to get people more passionate and enthused about their church. And they will then do the work. I, 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 I can sympathise with this questioner. If they feel as though church life is stale and dull and boring and tedious, why on earth would you want to invite someone to something that you don't really want to be there yourself? So I think the first priority is to get the internal church life right. And, and then... Uh, you can start inviting other people to church. There was a there was a writer of a book some years ago. I forget his name now, but um, he said God doesn't put healthy babies in sick incubators. And what he was trying to say was he doesn't want to bring new converts into a place where they're not going to be looked after. Uh, and so I think the priority is always to say, look. Let's create this good a good church life here where people are passionate about God, loving towards one another, loving their church. This is important, to love their church, to think, oh, despite all its faults, this is a great place. Well, if it is like that, if you love your God, you love other people in the church, you love your church, you're not going to need much urging to invite people to it. But if... If you're pretty cold towards your church and towards other people and the church has got really systemic problems in it, well, no amount of urging in the world is going to get people to come to church. And besides, stating the very obvious, um, you don't want so much people to come to church. You want people to come to Christ. And the two might be different. You're listening to LifeWords Q&A. And uh, we have spoken about the whole idea of missional Christians and being a Christian in the workplace and being a Christian at the school or whatever. You can go back and listen to previous podcasts of LifeWords Q&A to hear us discuss that in previous issues. Our final question for today, David, is I'm going through a hard time right now. Is this because God's teaching me a lesson or is he punishing me for something? Yeah, look, it's always tempting to look for answers when you're going through a hard time. What is God doing? It's as if we're looking for a key. And if we can only find that key, uh, if God would tap us on the shoulder and said, look, you did something wrong 10 days ago. Ah, I'll repent of it. And immediately all my burdens are lifted. We're always looking for that sort of answer. But 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 it's a bit dangerous, I suppose. Look, here I'd like to bring up a, a subtle issue, but it's an important one. Let's distinguish between purpose and consequence. You see, I, I don't believe God sends us trouble in order to teach us a lesson. He rather allows trouble to come to us and so helps us learn a lesson. And there's a world of difference between those two things. Um, let's say, for example, I may speak harshly to my friends and I find they reject me. Now, my subsequent isolation is a discipline that God may use to bring me to my senses. Then again, my friends might reject me for no good reason, and then my isolation would be more in the nature of a natural hardship that God may still use for good. So you may be isolated from your friends, and it could be your own fault, and God might, as it were, be teaching you something through that, and you will learn that lesson. But 
in, in, in other respects, it might not be your fault at all, but God can still use it for good. So, yes, God teaches us lessons, and sometimes God disciplines us. If I speak harshly to my friends and they reject me, well, God is saying, well, you bought that on yourself, didn't you? Uh, and I hope you learn a lesson from it. But I don't think I like the idea of putting God in the role of a cosmic sadist who is who is sending things to you. Ah, you need to learn to have strong faith. I'm going to give you cancer so that it will strengthen your faith. Rather, I think it's a case of God might allow you to suffer that fate and thus, as a result, as a consequence, strengthen your faith. World of difference, though. Your faith can be strengthened, but God is not sending something evil onto you or bad onto you in order to punish you or teach you a lesson, but God is rather allowing things to happen to you, and as a result, you may learn a lesson. Okay, so I've got two questions here, David. first question is, um, I guess there are consequences for doing things, so maybe if we're suffering ill health, the, let's just say, Pull out diabetes, possibly. Type 2 diabetes. Mm. It could be dietary. Maybe the food that we put in our mouth, the natural consequence is ill health, possibly, if it's diet-related. Yes. Yes. <clears throat> yes, it is. That, 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 that's exactly right. That, that's a good case. If you get cirrhosis of the liver through abuse of alcohol, well, 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 well that's, that's um, uh, you've, as it were, bought it on yourself. But God can still use that in order to teach you something, a better, healthier lifestyle, for example, or, or, or something like that. But we can't extend that, obviously, to, uh, you know, if I've got cancer or if I've got some other issue in my life that somehow or other I must have done something wrong. We can't push it. So the second question is then, I mean, if I read the Bible, I see that God likes to discipline. Is that correct? Yes. And, and if that's yes. the case, how does that work out? How does he discipline me? It's not inflicting me with something to discipline me, you, is what you're saying, necessarily. No, no. It, it's not so much God, as it were, sending something. Remember, we've got to be careful. God is not the source of any evil. Uh, but like I used in that earlier illustration, if, if I have done something wrong to my friends and they turn aside from me and and I, I think, oh my gosh, I'm suffering this terrible rejection as a result. God is, as it were, disciplining me. God is saying, you ought not to behave that way. And if you, it's like any parent disciplining their children. You say, right, you've done that. Well, the consequences of this are such and such, such and such. Now, but God hasn't, God hasn't, as it were, sent the evil on you. Or, or you know, you could say punishing. The old versions of the Bible have Hebrews twelve interpreted like that. God punishing you. I don't so much. I don't think discipline is necessarily punishing. Discipline is more having people face up to the consequences of what they're doing. And so God does do that. But there are other times when you're suffering hardship when it's not in the area of discipline at all. It's just in the area of I'm just suffering from things that human beings generally suffer from and it's not particularly due to any particular moral failure on my part. But in any case, whether it's disciplinary or whether it's just things that happen, our good God is able to work good purposes out of it. But that is not the same as saying he has inflicted me with this problem so that I learn that lesson. Rather, he has mysteriously allowed that thing to happen and as a result has either disciplined me or has has been able to weave a good thing in the midst of the bad circumstances that I'm in so that my faith is strengthened. Well, thanks again, David. Most enlightening. 
And uh, we look forward to catching up with you again uh, next week for more LifeWords Q&A. Uh, if you've got a question, please email us, lifewords at hopemedia.com.au. Until next week, have a great one. Thank you.